This is Cambridge Judge Business School's online knowledge centre with expert commentary, analysis and insights into the issues of the day. As the European Parliament sets about reforming the EU emissions trading system, David Rayner says the ETS is actually working. In April, member states rejected backloading proposals aimed at delaying the sale of emissions allowances to stimulate the depressed price of carbon. The UK insists that a twin-track approach to ETS reform is critical and that backloading is an important short-term measure to help stabilise the system and to buy time for legislation delivering structural reform. Dr Rayner says the trading system actually works, but it has suffered through the recession and economic problems of the last couple of years. The European trading scheme is very much a flagship for Europe, and and it is at the centre of European climate policy. And the fact that it is failing essentially is an indication that European climate policy is failing. The reality is uh, it's working as it's supposed to, uh, which is you allocate permits Uh, at the start, and over the course of time, uh, you you need to meet your final your final target. And if you happen to have more permits, you can sell them off. If you happen to be short of permits, you'll need to buy some. Firms are behaving in a market in this market completely rationally, and and uh, the member states are behaving as well completely rationally. The problem is, I suppose, twofold. Uh, the first is that countries, the member states, were very aggressive in trying to get as many permits for themselves as possible in the initial allocation. And so that means that uh, the German government, uh, at the time of this initial allocation, fought quite hard to get many permits. Uh, and, and most member states did. Uh, there's obviously an internal tension within each government Uh, particularly in coalition governments, as we're learning here in, in the UK, uh, that you will have, uh, in the case of, of, uh, of, of Germany, as, as to continue that example, uh, a very pro-environment uh, ministry uh, that might be led by the Greens or the or, or Free Democrats, say, uh, who, will, who will be advocating a, a tough line Uh, and then you'll have the economics ministry, the industry ministry, uh, that will be advocating a much uh, much more industry-friendly line and, and trying to get as many permits allocated as possible. So that that's one reason. And then the other reason, which again is a sign that the system is working well, is that the economy has collapsed. So if we were growing, if our economy had been growing for the last five years, we would be short of permits and the price would be much higher than it is. But because we're in this you know, terrible recession, uh, there, there is a surplus of permits and the price is as low as it is. This is or was, as you say, a flagship scheme. Yes. Why? Um, <laughs> it's particularly ironic because if you look at the origins of, of, of emissions trading, uh, it was a, a U.S. policy. It was U, uh, advocated by the United States at Kyoto. Uh, and they're the ones who got it inserted over the opposition of, of the Europeans uh, in, in 1997. But since it's been adopted, it is uh, arguably the only way of really having uh, the covered sector, the part of the economy that, that's under the, the emissions trading scheme, uh, to really have a, a, a price signal that affects decision-making. Uh, the rest of the, the non-covered sectors are actually quite poorly uh, incentivized to reduce 
to reduce their emissions. So I think there's a recognition by those who want to push along a, um, a, an agenda of reducing carbon emissions is that this is quite an effective mechanism. The problem is, at the moment, the price signal's very weak, and so it doesn't accomplish very much, which is why there's been this effort in the European Parliament to try and <laughs> claw back some permits and thereby, you know, essentially increasing, you know, thereby increasing the price. Uh, and, and then again, the, the, the system is operating as it should, which is it's designed to impose a higher price at times of, of, of uh, economic buoyancy, and it's, it's effectively working at <laughs> where we are at a time of, of uh, economic uh, recession, a severe recession, where the price should be low. So the, the, there is a logic to why uh, <laughs> when times are tough, you don't want to impose additional severe, you know, significant burdens on, on, on the economy. You said a couple of times that the system is working. So the obvious question is, is, well, if it is working, why try and fix it if it's not busted? Well, it's working mechanically, right? So it's working from the, from the point of view of, 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 of an efficient market. Now, there are those who've always disagreed, say, on the initial allocation. So why there should have been so many permits allocated to Germany, the Netherlands, Poland, so on. Um, there were voices in those countries who said, effectively, we got too many. We fought too hard to get these permits, or other countries fought too hard to get their, their permits. And it, it was sort of inevitable that we would have this, that, this problem, uh, which has been essentially exacerbated by the economic downturn. And, and the problem is... Um, essentially that we're talking about much longer-term investments that are needed. And they're responding to these fairly short-term price signals. So we're going to be needing this low-carbon uh, uh, infrastructure in the 2020s, when one, <laughs> one would hope we'll be in a lot better shape economically. So that, that to me, is the real challenge, which is that, uh, and, and I think that's what the signal, uh, the, the effort to try and try and prop up uh, the price has been, which is to say, yes, we might be in a, in a, in a downturn at the moment, but if we are interested in, in, in the long-term uh, uh, infrastructure and, and, and being able to continue to commit uh, to, to that long-term uh, infrastructure, we're going to need to have some price signal that, that's <laughs> above a couple of euros a, a ton, which is where it is. How long ago could you have predicted that this would happen? Uh, uh, from the very beginning. I mean, I, <laughs> uh, I, we wrote a paper in, in 2000 or so, which, which essentially said uh, that the price would always be as high as, as the member states wanted it to be. And, and, and that's where we are, which is, and, and that's exactly what this backloading proposal is, which is the, the initial allocation delivered a particular price, and given the, the current economic conditions, and we've decided, actually, or at least some of us have decided, we want more, we want to prop that up, and, and the price, price will be higher. So that, that is fundamentally the nature of a constructed market. There is not a real scarcity in the way that there is for gold or platinum. Uh, there is a scarcity that's manufactured by governments. And we've gotten to this point where we decided, well, maybe it's not as scarce as it needs to be, and, and we need to, and we need to uh, uh, make, make the market work in a way that raises the price enough, at least enough, that, that, that spurs more investments than we're seeing. David Rayner, thank you very much.
This programme was produced by the Cambridge Judge Business School as part of its online broadcast series.